You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for January 14th, 2023 Saturday reading of the Arapaho County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Raising the Red Flag After Club Q Shooting, Lawmakers Vow Review on Extreme Risk Protection Orders by Markian Halrick. Aurora Man, Vegas Solar Site Fire Was Clean Energy Message by Ken Ritter. APS Board Votes to Approve Interim Superintendent Select Search Firm by Karina Julig. Aurora police promote cop who escaped DUI after being found passed out in duty vehicle in 2019 by Max Levy and following up with miscellaneous articles. Raising the Red Flag After Club Q Shooting, Lawmakers Vow Review on Extreme Risk Protection Orders by Markian Holrick, Kaiser Health News, January 12th, 2023. A November 19th shooting that killed five people and wounded 19 at a Colorado Springs nightclub has officials considering changes to strengthen Colorado's reg flag law, particularly in self-declared, quote, Second Amendment sanctuaries, unquote, where emergency petitions to remove a person's guns are filed less frequently and usually denied. Aurora state lawmakers will likely be key players in any changes made by the legislature. The three-year-old state law allows law enforcement officials or family members to seek a court order to seize the guns of a person who poses a threat to themselves or others. But the Club Q shooting underscores a fundamental challenge for it and other red flag laws. Sheriffs often refuse to use the measures based on a belief that they infringe on the Second Amendment's right to bear arms. El Paso County, where the Colorado Springs shooting happened, is one such place. It has the lowest approval rate for initial court petitions filed under the law of any county in Colorado where more than three cases have been filed according to a KHN analysis of court records. Now, Colorado lawmakers, like those in other states that have experienced mass shootings in recent years, will try to turn angst over the incident into legislative action to strengthen the state's red flag law, including potentially expanding the pool of people who can petition for a protection order. Soon after the arrest of Anderson Lee Aldrich, the man accused of the Club Q shooting, reports surfaced of a previous incident in which he surrendered to police after threatening to blow up his mother's home with a homemade bomb. According to the Associated Press, court transcripts show that the judge who dismissed the case said in a hearing that the defendant had been stockpiling weapons and explosives was, quote, clearly, unquote, planning a shootout, and that he needed mental health treatment. Neither the family nor law enforcement sought an extreme risk protection order to ensure Aldrich didn't have access to guns, leading to questions about whether November's shooting could have been prevented if they had. Colorado's red flag law passed in 2019 has been used more than 350 times with initial petitions for protection orders being granted in nearly two in three cases. Judges in El Paso County approved 11 out of 53 initial petitions, just over 20% through November 22nd. Although El Paso County is the most populous county in Colorado, about twice as many petitions were filed in Denver County, the next largest. There, judges approved 91 of 104 initial petitions, or nearly 88%. Violence prevention advocates attributed El Paso County's low approval rate to several factors. Among them, the county declared itself a Second Amendment sanctuary county in opposition to the red flag law, and El Paso County Sheriff Bill Elder has been adamant sheriff's officials won't seek any protection orders, quote, unless exigent circumstances exist, unquote. 
So far, the only two petitions filed by law enforcement in the county were sought by the Colorado Springs Police Department. Analysis of red flag laws across the country show law enforcement officials are much more successful when they file petitions than when relatives or roommates of the person in question do. Data compiled by the Colorado Attorney General's office shows that law enforcement is the most common red flag petitioner. Quote, the ones that are petitioned for by law enforcement were approved more than 90% of the time, whereas the ones that are petitioned by family members, cohabitants, or parents were approved less than a third of the time, unquote, said Dr. Chris Knopke, a gun safety researcher with the University of Colorado's Firearm Injury Prevention Initiative. It's unclear why law enforcement's batting average is higher. It may be that police are more familiar with the legal requirements for processing and don't make simple mistakes that can sink a petition. Law enforcement may also have easier access to legal help in filing, and judges may consider law enforcement officials more credible than family members. Second Amendment sanctuary declarations by county governments or sheriffs can also have a chilling effect on petitions if lay people misconstrue the largely symbolic gesture as preventing them from seeking a protection order. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office was widely criticized for not seeking a protection order after the Club Q suspect had been arrested and his guns seized in June 2021 after threatening to blow up his mother's home. The Sheriff's Office issued a statement in December saying the suspect's weapons had already been seized and a mandatory protection order was in place, preventing him from buying additional firearms. However, the charges against him were dismissed in July 2022, removing the mandatory protection order. The case records were sealed, which sheriff's officials said prevented them from using that incident to pursue an extreme risk protection order, and no new evidence was available that would have allowed the sheriff to seek one, officials added. Colorado Governor Jared Polis, a Democrat, said his administration will look into why petitions were not filed in Colorado Springs and ways to strengthen the red flag law. Quote, We're having a discussion now with local law enforcement, with state legislators about what holes exist in extreme risk protection orders and how we can better make sure that we have a system that works to keep people safe across Colorado. Unquote. The governor said, Polis has floated the idea of expanding the group of eligible petitioners and has mentioned district attorneys as another potential category. It's possible that the state could expand the law to include more people eligible for petitioning the process. Polis hinted on national news it would be a possible legislative effort in 2023 on NBC's, quote, Meet the Press, unquote. Polis said he'd be open to amending the law. Quote, what can be used to better publicize, make available, add different parties to make sure that it's used when it should be used, unquote, he said. Senator Tom Sullivan, D. Centennial, who previously served in the State House, told the Sentinel that amendments to the 2019 law on the table this legislative session are perhaps adding educators or medical professionals to the list of eligible petitioners. Colorado Capitol Watchers are also anticipating a bill to raise the age from 18 to 21 to buy all types of guns. Sullivan told the Sentinel he would carry the proposal. Quote, Two out of the four years I've been in the House, we weren't even allowed to run gun legislation, unquote. The father of Alex Sullivan, who was killed in the Aurora Theater shooting in 2012, said, quote, I've had heated conversations with the last two speakers of the Colorado House as to why bills aren't put up. These aren't even monumental bills. This is like lost and stolen firearms raising the minimum age of buying an assault rifle. 
It's been 22 years since Columbine and we don't even have a definition of assault rifle, unquote. 19 states and the District of Columbia have red flag laws on their books, allowing different parties to petition for protection orders. Law enforcement officers file most red flag law petitions, although the lines between filing groups are often blurred. Family members or others with the ability to petition often ask police to file on their behalf, and some police departments urge relatives to let police handle the petition because they're better at it. Four states and the District of Columbia also allow health providers to petition, but those still represent a sliver of the total petitions filed. Quote, Health providers see this as a tool that can help their patients, but they don't have the time to do it, unquote, said Lisa Geller, Director of State Affairs at John Hopkins University's Center for Gun Violence Solutions. Maryland is hiring navigators to help health providers petition for protection orders without having to go to court themselves. That kind of assistance could help other petitioners improve their chances of getting a protection order granted. Quote, when petitioners for domestic violence restraining orders have lawyers, their petitions for restraining orders are most likely to be granted, unquote, said April Zioli, an associate professor with the Institute for Firearm Injury Prevention at the University of Michigan. Quote, These legal forms are not something that the general public is used to filling out, unquote. Geller said advocates are pushing states to use money available through the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act to increase education about red flag laws, both to make more people aware of the tool and to help law enforcement or other eligible petitioners learn how to seek them. Colorado can access $4.6 million in funding for the 2022 and 2023 fiscal years and must apply for funds this month. Florida passed its law after the 2018 Parkland High School shooting, and New York and Illinois expanded their laws after mass shootings in Buffalo and Highland Park, respectively. New York Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul directed state police to expand the use of protection orders and created staff positions to make that happen. According to the governor's office, 832 temporary and final extreme risk protection orders were issued in New York State in the three months after Hochul's directive. Compared with 1,424 issued from August 2019 to April 2022, Colorado gun violence prevention advocates expect state legislators to push for tougher gun laws in the upcoming legislative session. Democrats held a slim majority in 2019 when they passed the bill establishing the red flag law, limiting its scope. But a landslide victory by Colorado Democrats in 2022 could provide the votes to offer more sweeping gun measures, such as a red flag law expansion, a semi-automatic weapons ban, or a raise in the minimum age for purchasing guns to 21. Quote, there was an appetite for this, anyways, before the Springs shooting, unquote, said Eileen McCarran, President of Gun Violence Prevention Group, Colorado Ceasefire Legislative Action. Quote, but I think that shooting has exaggerated this issue, giving it more momentum. Unquote. This fall, a group of lawmakers formed the Gun Violence Prevention Caucus. Sullivan said he hopes that will help foster more conversations about legislation. Quote, We believe that gun violence is a public health crisis and we pledge to prioritize legislation that addresses gun violence with proven, equitable, and scientific measures that save lives and make our communities safer, unquote. The group of legislators said in announcing the new caucus, quote, Our caucus represents a state that has seen too much heartbreak inflicted by gun violence. And it is up to us to do what we can to enact sensible measures to protect public health and our communities. 
We look forward to productive discussions in the 2023 General Assembly and beyond. Unquote. Upon the 10 year anniversary of the Aurora shooting, Sullivan, a Democrat, said he wants Coloradans to look at the legislature and know that work on the issue is happening at the Capitol, just like transportation or education, even if a bill doesn't pass on the first try. Quote, I can learn from that, unquote, he said, quote, but I'm running out of time, unquote. Sentinel Managing Editor Kara Mason contributed to this story. Aurora Man, Vegas Solar Site Fire was Clean Energy Message by Ken Ritter, Associated Press, January 12, 2023, Las Vegas. An Aurora pediatric dentist accused of setting a fire that damaged a transformer at a solar power array outside Las Vegas last week told investigators he wanted to send a message supporting clean energy and denied his intention was sabotage, police said in a arrest report obtained Wednesday. Quote, I burned it, unquote. Mohamed Reza Mezmarian told police detectives during questioning following his arrest January 5th at a trailer home parked at a campsite near Lake Mead, the Colorado River Reservoir outside Las Vegas. Quote, Mesmerian admitted he knew setting a vehicle on fire could cause damage to the transformer unit, but stated he did it for the big message, larger picture, greater good, unquote, his arrest report said. Quote, he explained the greater good was clean energy, unquote. Mesmerian, 34, remains jailed without bail pending mental health evaluations and a court hearing February 1st. If he is found fit for trial, he could face felony terrorism, arson, and other charges that could get him decades in state prison. He told police the fire early January 4th that damaged Chicago-based Invenergy's mega solar array, quote, represented moving forward in the world, unquote, the report said. Mesmarian told police he had been in Las Vegas for several days during the New Year holiday, thought the solar farm about 25 miles, 40 kilometers, northeast of Las Vegas was a Tesla facility, and he believed the transformer was connected to, quote, the network, unquote. The solar array provides electricity by contract with several Las Vegas Strip properties operated by MGM Resorts International. When Invenergy shut it down, the casino company switched to the statewide electric grid. An MGM Resorts official said there was no effect at Strip properties. Mesmarian told police he was born in Iran. His attorney, Nick Pitaro said Wednesday his client is a U.S. citizen and a college graduate. His first name is spelled Mohammed in public records in Colorado. His online professional profile said he attended the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Pitaro declined additional comment about Mesmarian's case pending the mental competency hearing in state court in Las Vegas. Mesmarian's arrest in Nevada followed several attacks and arrests involving electrical substations in states including Washington, Oregon, and North Carolina, and an order by federal regulators for a review of security standards at the nation's electricity transmission network. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has also issued a National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin listing U.S. critical infrastructure among possible targets of violence. Allegations against Mesmarian bear similarities to a Utah case involving a man arrested in 2016 and later sentenced to federal prison for using a rifle to damage an electric substation causing a power outage in rural Kane and Garfield counties. The man, Stephen Plateau McRae, spent several months before his arrest targeting power facilities in remote parts of Utah and Nevada as part of what he described as a, quote, master plan, unquote, 
to shut down power in the West, according to court documents. McRae told an informant that he was, quote, stopping global warming, unquote, and he railed against fossil fuels. The court papers said he was planning another act of sabotage, quote, the grandmama, unquote, as he described it, to disable a larger power substation in Nevada. In Mesmarian's case, Las Vegas police found an iPhone linked to Mesmarian and laptop computers in a burned Toyota Camry registered to his mother, who lives in Idaho. Mesmarian was seen on security video positioning the car, rigging it to burn, and sitting and watching the fire for about 15 minutes before walking away, according to his arrest report. Mesmarian told police he, quote, felt peace, unquote, and had no regrets. No employees were at the sprawling facility at the time. Damage was discovered after they arrived the following morning. Mesmarian also faces escape charges after police said he tried twice to slip the grasp of arresting officers. He later told police, quote, he wanted to experience the feeling of what Black Lives Matter protesters felt when they were tased by police, unquote. Police did not report using a stun gun on Mesmarian. Repeated phone calls Wednesday to Mesmarian's child dentistry and braces practice in Aurora went to busy signals. Records show that Mesmarian's dentist license is active but was restricted last July by the Colorado Dental Board and that Mesmarian filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy last October 5th. U.S. bankruptcy court records show he claimed $1.4 million in liabilities, mostly business debts related to equipment leases but also a student loan debt of about $20,000. He claimed $17,601 in personal assets. Dental board discipline stemmed from a complaint about, quote, potential unsanitary conditions including improper disposal of infectious waste and uncapped syringes, unquote, at Mesmarion's practice dating to October 2021. The board called for Mesmarian to complete continuing education courses over the course of 12 months. A Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies official said Wednesday it was not clear if he had done so. The attorney who represented Mesmarian in the case said he no longer represents him. An attorney who represented Mesmarian in the bankruptcy case did not immediately respond to messages from the Associated Press. APS Board Votes to Approve Interim Superintendent Select Search Firm by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 11, 2023, Aurora. The Aurora Public Schools Board of Education officially appointed an acting superintendent and selected a firm to conduct the search for its next superintendent at a special meeting Tuesday night. Current Chief of Staff Mark Seglum was unanimously appointed interim superintendent after being nominated in December by a 5-2 vote by the board. Seglum has been with the district since 2019 and was former Superintendent Rico Munn's suggestion to serve as interim while the board looks for his replacement. Munn announced he would be leaving when his contract expires at the end of June due to what he termed a, quote, conflict of vision, unquote, with the school board. He will serve in an advisory role this semester as Seglum assumes day-to-day superintendent duties. The board initially had a meeting to confirm Seglum on January 3rd, following a required waiting period from when he was nominated, but the vote was delayed a week because the district's legal counsel could not attend the meeting, and some of the board members had not received the contract in advance. Under the terms of the contract, Seglum will serve through June 30th and will be paid a per diem of $1,000 per workday, based on an equivalent annual salary of $260,000 a year. The term can be extended by mutual agreement, 
though the board has signaled that they do not want the search to drag into the summer months. Once the contract expires, Seiglum will resume his duties and salary as chief of staff through the end of 2023. The contract stipulates that Seiglum will not attempt to seek the permanent superintendent position for himself, and that he cannot hire or appoint his own chief of staff. Quote, we look forward to the hard work ahead, unquote, board president Debbie Kirkin said to Seglum after the board voted to approve the contract. Following the vote, the board heard presentations from the three firms that responded to a request for proposals the board submitted to conduct the search for the next superintendent. The board ultimately voted 6-1 to select Hazard Young. Atia and Associates, HYA, an Illinois-based national educational leadership search firm. The board will be working with a familiar face. Former Cherry Creek Superintendent Scott Siegfried now works for HYA and will be one of the people leading APS's search. Siegfried left CCSD at the end of the 2020 through 2021 school year, citing the strain of the pandemic and a desire to spend more time with his family. The other two candidates were JG Consulting, an Austin-based education search firm, and Mackenzie Eason, a Fort Worth-based search firm that is not education-specific. JG and HYA scored very similarly on a rubric the board filled out evaluating the firm's presentations and written proposals they submitted, with HYA receiving several more points. Mackenzie Eason scored poorly on their rubric compared to the others and did not address specific questions the board had asked the firms to focus on in their Tuesday presentations. Managing partner Darian George, who was the main presenter to the APS board, ran for a seat on the Fort Worth City Council in 2021, but dropped out of the race following accusations of misconduct and an incident where he yelled profanities at other candidates after a public forum, according to reporting from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Several board members said they thought HYA's written proposal was stronger but were more impressed by JG's presentation, particularly information they mentioned about their community engagement work, which the board has stated will be a priority during the search. Board member Vicki Reinhardt, the one no vote on the selection, expressed concern about whether APS would get the same level of attention with a large firm like HYA. During presentations, HYA said it conducts about 80 to 100 searches a year, while JG said it did about 3 to 4 a quarter. Multiple board members said they would feel comfortable working with either firm, but ultimately the board voted to choose HYA since it scored slightly higher on its rubric, which included criteria such as quality of the RFP, technical expertise, and experience working with large and diverse districts. The board went back and forth on whether to call references for the two firms before taking a vote, which would require either scheduling another special meeting or waiting until the board's regular business meeting next Tuesday. Board member Tramine Duncan expressed frustration about delaying the decision to wait for references, particularly after last week's scheduled vote on the interim appointment vote was delayed. Quote, the more we continue to push things back, the longer it's going to take, unquote, he said of the search process. Quote, references, in my opinion, should have been checked prior to tonight's meeting, unquote. A.J. Craybill, a consultant the APS board has worked with for a number of years and who facilitated the board's process of scoring the search firms, said he had worked with both firms in the past and he did not think it would make much of a difference either way. Quote, 
realistically, both of these firms are relatively known quantities, unquote, he said. Quote, I doubt that you will find any surprises with either of them, unquote. HYA has worked with a number of other Colorado school districts to find superintendents, including Denver Public Schools in 2018 and Jeffco Public Schools and the Podre School District in 2021. It is currently in the final stages of working with Littleton Public Schools, where Siegfried is one of the main associates. HYA Vice President Mike Ritchie will be the lead consultant on APS Search and will be joined by HYA Associates Siegfried and Micah Ali. Ali is a board member on the Compton Unified School District and Ritchie is a former principal and superintendent. During the presentation, Ritchie said HYA typically budgets three to four weeks for community engagement six to eight weeks for recruitment, and three to four weeks for the selection process. The board would have access to information about every candidate who applies for the position through an online portal managed by HYA. Quote, this is what really makes us different, unquote, he said. Ortiz asked how APS can be sure it will receive the time and attention it needs with such a large company. Richie said Ali will only be working on this search and that once he and Siegfried finish the Littleton search, this is the only search they will be working on. Quote, we make sure we don't overextend ourselves, unquote, he said. Reinhardt asked Siegfried if it would be a problem for him to be involved in the search since he likely knows many of the parties involved already. He said he believes that being a local will benefit the district. Quote, having me here, I'm able to be available. I understand the community. I've worked and lived around the community so I can bring that to the table, but as far as judging candidates, that's your job as the Board of Education, unquote, he said. Quote, my job is to bring you good candidates, which we can and will do, unquote. Aurora Police Promote Cop Who Escaped DUI After Being Found Passed Out in Duty Vehicle in 2019 by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 13, 2023. Aurora Almost four years after being caught passed out drunk in his police vehicle and avoiding criminal consequences, Aurora Police Officer Nate Meyer has been promoted, according to Aurora Police. Meyer's name was included on a list of sworn Aurora Police Department employees who passed a promotional exam to advance from the rank of officer to agent. According to publicly available test results posted on the City of Aurora's website, the promotion was first reported by CBS Denver. The station aired parts of a recorded conversation with Interim Police Chief Art Acevedo, who said Mayor had, quote, turned his life around, unquote, since the 2019 drunken driving incident, which garnered national media attention. Quote, I actually had him come into my office and we had a very frank conversation, unquote, Acevedo told the station. Quote, he as the individual has actually done what he was supposed to do, which is turn his life around. I believe it saved his life as a person, unquote. The chief later wrote in a Twitter post that he was, quote, disappointed, unquote. The CBS Denver TV story did not mention that the promotion in Meir's case was the result of an automatic process that he would have been unable to block. The department did not immediately respond to a list of questions from the Sentinel about Meir's promotion. In March 2019, 
Mir was found drunk and unresponsive in his unmarked police vehicle by Aurora police. First responders had to break the window of the car to remove Mir, who later said he had been drinking vodka at home during his shift and blacked out. While officers said Mir smelled like alcoholic beverages, police did not formally investigate Mir for drunken driving. Then Deputy Chief Paul O'Keefe said he wanted to protect Mir, who he believed could have been suffering from a medical problem. Former Arapahoe County District Attorney George Brockler said at the time he did not have enough evidence to prosecute Mir due to the failure of police to take a sample of Mir's blood and case law that limits the admissibility of information shared during the internal affairs process. Brockler openly speculated that a civilian in Mir's situation would have been treated differently by police. O'Keefe resigned when then-Chief Vanessa Wilson announced she would be opening an investigation into his handling of the Mir incident. Mir kept his job, though he was demoted and temporarily suspended. Aurora poised to double capacity of Prairie Waters Riverbank Filtration Project with Federal Grant by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 11, 2023. Aurora. Aurora is planning an expansion to its innovative Prairie Waters project with the help of a $5 million federal grant, a project that city staffers say could recover enough water to support thousands of homes. The grant, which the federal government says the city is likely to receive, would be used toward the $11.5 million undertaking of digging a new pump station and radial well, which would draw water from below to South Platte River. Quote, Drought has been something we're needing to tackle and handle more and more as the years go on, and so having this resource come from the South Platte instead of the mountains is definitely a drought resiliency component. Unquote said Aurora Water staffer Justin Montes, who applied for the federal grant. Quote, From a drought resiliency standpoint, we are at the whims of the snowfall and the rainfall for our reservoirs and our mountain waters. Unquote. Radial wells consist of a single vertical shaft ending in multiple horizontal shafts that radiate outward like the spokes of a wheel. The radial well and pump station would be part of an expansion to the Prairie Waters Project, including another radial well that the city plans to dig in 2024. Aurora Water representatives say the entire expansion has the potential to double the water recovered by the project, which uses wells dug near the South Platte River to collect water that has been absorbed and naturally filtered by the river bank. By the time water is collected by the wells, it has already passed through hundreds of feet of sediment beneath the South Platte, filtering out pathogens, organic chemicals, and other contaminants. Montes said the process can also filter out debris introduced by wildfires. The bank filtration process means it takes less work by the city to render the water drinkable. Prairie Waters is currently able to deliver up to 10 million gallons of water in a day, or around 9,000 to 10,000 acre-feet each year, Montes said. Once pumped out of the ground near Fort Lupton, the water is filtered using more sand and gravel. It's then piped to the Vinny Water Purification Facility, where it is treated using ultraviolet light, chemicals, and activated carbon. The water is mixed with treated Aurora Reservoir water as it leaves the facility and is transported to Aurora Water customers. Aurora pioneered the use of bank filtration in the United States, becoming one of the first American cities roughly a decade ago to reap the benefits of siphoning water from beneath a riverbed. 
The water pulled from underneath the South Platte includes traded wastewater released back into the river by the city of Aurora, which means prairie water helps the city get the most out of its existing water rights. Roughly half of the surface water used by Aurora comes out of the South Platte, while the rest comes out of the Arkansas and Colorado rivers. Colorado River water is especially scarce, with several growing states relying on the river, prompting the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation in June to ask river basin states to come up with a plan to save 2.4 million acre-feet of water in 2023 to protect levels at Lake Mead and Lake Powell's reservoirs. Aurora water staffers described the expansion of prairie waters as an important part of the city's drought preparations. Together, the radial wells will be able to recover an additional 5,000 to 10,000 acre-feet of water per year, or enough to supply somewhere between 10,000 and 25,000 homes. Aurora Water currently provides between 55,000 and 60,000 acre-feet annually to customers, spokesperson Rory Franklin said. Quote, We're always looking for innovative projects that we can use in order to become more drought-resilient, unquote, she said. Quote, Water that we already own is obviously the least expensive, so it's water that we otherwise wouldn't be able to use that we're going to be recapturing, unquote. Aurora's grant is one of 36 tentatively awarded as part of a $84.7 million drought resiliency initiative by the U.S. Department of the Interior. One other Colorado project was identified for funding. to support the installation of 240,000 gallons worth of water shortage tanks for the Dutch Domestic Water Company in western Colorado. In a news release, federal government officials described the importance of the list of awarded projects that includes prairie waters in light of worsening drought conditions affecting the West. Quote, Today's funding will assist our local partners as they work to build drought resilience and improve water security for their community, unquote, said Tanya Trujillo, the Department of the Interior's Assistant Secretary for Water and Science. Quote, as climate change exacerbates drought impacts throughout the western United States, The bipartisan infrastructure law is advancing our work to invest in innovative, locally-led water infrastructure projects and provide clean, reliable water to families and communities across the country, unquote. U.S. Bureau of Reclamation spokesman Rob Manning said the federal government plans to work with Aurora over several months to finalize their funding agreement. Montez said the city hopes to solicit bids for construction of the second radial well in the last quarter of 2024, with completion coming roughly a year later. Leaked report about Colorado Springs shooter to be discussed by Colleen Slevin, Associated Press, January 11, 2023, Denver. A judge was set to consider Wednesday whether authorities should be punished after the media obtained documents showing detailed allegations about the suspect and the Colorado gay nightclub shooting previously plotting to be, quote, the next mass killer, unquote, in an old case that was sealed at the time. Lawyers for Anderson Aldrich, who is charged with killing five people and wounding 17 others at Club Q in Colorado Springs in November, accused the El Paso County Sheriff's Office of leaking documents in the old case to the media. They want a judge to hold the office in contempt and order it to pay $10,000 in fines and train staff on the recordings sealing law.
but the sheriff's office says that Aldrich lawyers have not presented any facts showing that the sheriff's office leaked the documents, noting that Aldrich's lawyers have also said that courthouse staff could have been the source of the information. It has asked for the defense contempt motion to be dismissed. In 2021, Aldrich, who is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns, was arrested after their grandparents told authorities that Aldrich threatened to kill them after becoming upset about their plans to move and get in the way of Aldrich's alleged plan to stockpile guns, ammunition, body armor, and a homemade bomb. Quote, you guys died today and I'm taking you with me, unquote. They quoted Aldrich as saying, quote, I'm bloated and ready, unquote. The charges filed against Aldrich in the 2021 case were dropped after the grandparents refused to cooperate with prosecutors and testify. The court file was sealed under a state law aimed at preventing people from having their lives ruined if cases are dismissed and never prosecuted. However, Colorado Springs television station KKTV obtained documents that show details of the allegations against Aldrich in the old case. The documents were later verified as authentic to the Associated Press by a law enforcement official who was not authorized to discuss the sealed case and kept anonymous. One day after the AP story ran that illustrated how the dropped case was one of most glaring missed warnings in America's long line of mass violence, Judge Robin Chittam unsealed the 2021 case last month at the request of the Sheriff's Office, District Attorney's Office, and a coalition of media outlets, including the AP. Judge Chittam said the, quote, profound, unquote, public interest in the case outweighed Aldrich's privacy rights. With new Chambers Plaza location, Aurora, back to having seven library branches, by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 12, 2023, Aurora. For the first time since 2009, the Aurora Public Library officially has seven library branches. The city held a ribbon cutting for its new library branch at Chambers Plaza Thursday morning, and will host a community celebration on Friday and Saturday, according to city staff. The library branch at 1551 North Chambers Road has quietly been open since the fall, but the grand opening and celebration is intended to make more people in the community aware of the new branch as part of a push to attract more people to the library this year. As part of that effort, APL has also extended hours at two of its branches and stopped charging late fees for books. The Aurora Public Library system originally had seven branches but closed four following the 2008 recession. Since then, all but the previous chamber's location had been reopened. The new branch is within walking distance of several local schools and will be, quote, a great amenity for that part of town, unquote, Director of Library and Cultural Services Midori Clark previously told the Sentinel. Quote, Chambers Plaza Library provides a safe learning space for students, parents, and community members, unquote, Clark said in a statement about the new location. Quote, this 7th Library branch contributes to our purpose of improving lives with learning opportunities for the Aurora community. This branch will make library services accessible to neighboring schools as well as the culturally diverse communities in this northeast side of the city." Unquote. The nearly 4,000-square-foot library is staffed by existing library employees and cost the city approximately $96,000 to design and set up, Clark said last year. Funding came from the city's library impact fee, which is part of the 2019 capital impact fee supporting new growth in the city. 
APL also saved money by using upcycled furniture from other libraries, Clark said. The community celebration is scheduled for noon to 4 p.m. on Friday and Saturday and will include, quote, special programs hosted by staff of Chambers Plaza Library on Friday, performances on Saturday, as well as food and activities for all ages to enjoy on both days, unquote, a news release said. The Chambers Plaza Library will be open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. APS asks public to forego unscheduled attempts to access closing Sable Paris Elementary Schools by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, January 13, 2023. Aurora Aurora Public Schools is asking organizations interested in purchasing the Sable and Paris School buildings not to go on school grounds at unscheduled times. Quote, It has come to our attention that there have been attempts from some interested parties to access the buildings after school hours to take photographs. Unquote. The district said in a Thursday afternoon email. Quote, this is not allowable and causes security concerns for our school staff. Interested parties are prohibited from attempting to access the campus at any time other than APS-organized open house events, unquote. The district is currently in the process of determining how Sable and Paris Elementary will be used once they close at the end of the current school year under Blueprint APS. The district opened a request for proposals, RFP, in early December for organizations that want to either purchase or lease the buildings from APS or designate them for an alternative district use. The district held an open house at each school in December for those interested to view the buildings and ask questions, and announced two more open houses at each school that will take place Saturday. The district did not give any further detail about the, quote, interested parties, unquote, photographing these schools, or if they belonged to groups that had previously attended one of the open houses in December, which included charter schools, developers, and a higher education institution. In an email, District Spokesperson Corey Christensen said he does not believe that law enforcement was involved in any incidents. Quote, we're not aware of any calls that were made to APD, unquote, he said. Quote, this message was sent to be proactive through the rest of the week and ensure that any interested parties wait until Saturday to take photos of the school spaces, unquote. The RFP will be open through February 10th. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.